chapter one of the life of washington volume two by john marshall this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the life of washington volume two by john marshall chapter one birth of washington his mission to the french on the ohio appointed lieutenant-colonel of a regiment of regular troops surprises m jumonville capitulation of fort necessity is appointed aide-de-camp to general braddock defeat and death of that general is appointed to the command of a regiment extreme distress of the frontiers and exertions of colonel washington to augment the regular forces of the colony expedition against fort duquesne defeat of major grant fort duquesne evacuated by the french and taken possession by the english resignation of colonel washington his marriage seventeen thirty two birth of mr washington george washington the third son of augustine washington was born on the twenty second of february seventeen thirty two near the banks of the potomac in the county of westmoreland in virginia his father first married miss butler who died in seventeen twenty eight leaving two sons lawrence and augustine in seventeen thirty he intermarried with miss mary ball by whom he had four sons george john samuel and charles and one daughter betty who intermarried with colonel fielding lewis of fredericksburg his great-grandfather john washington a gentleman of a respectable family had emigrated from the north of england about the year sixteen fifty seven and settled on the place where mr washington was born at the age of ten years he lost his father deprived of one parent he became an object of more assiduous attention to the other who continued to impress those principles of religion and virtue on his tender mind which constituted the solid basis of a character that was maintained through all the trying vicissitudes of an eventful life but his education was limited to those subjects in which alone the sons of gentlemen of moderate fortune were at that time generally instructed it was confined to acquisitions strictly useful not even extending to foreign languages in seventeen forty three his eldest brother intermarried with the daughter of the hon george william fairfax then a member of the council and this connection introduced mr washington to lord fairfax the proprietor of the northern neck of virginia who offered him when in his eighteenth year an appointment as surveyor in the western part of that territory his patrimonial estate being inconsiderable this appointment was readily accepted and in the performance of its duties he acquired that information respecting vacant lands and formed those opinions concerning their future value which afterwards contributed greatly to the increase of his private fortune seventeen fifty those powerful attractions which the profession of arms presents to young and ardent minds possessed their full influence over mr washington stimulated by the enthusiasm of military genius to take part in the war in which great britain was then engaged he had pressed so earnestly to enter into the navy that at the age of fifteen a midshipman's warrant was obtained for him the interference of a timid and affectionate mother deferred the commencement and changed the direction of his military career four years afterwards at a time when the militia were to be trained for actual service he was appointed one of the adjutants general of virginia with the rank of major the duties annexed to this office soon yielded to others of a more interesting character france was beginning to develop the vast plan of connecting her extensive dominions in america by uniting canada with louisiana 
the troops of that nation had taken possession of a tract of country claimed by virginia and had commenced a line of posts to be extended from the lakes to the ohio the attention of mr dinwiddie lieutenant-governor of that province was attracted to these supposed encroachments and he deemed it his duty to demand in the name of the king his master that they should be suspended seventeen fifty three this mission was toilsome and hazardous the envoy would be under the necessity of passing through an extensive and almost unexplored wilderness intersected with rugged mountains and considerable rivers and inhabited by fierce savages who were either hostile to the english or of doubtful attachment while the dangers and fatigues of this service deterred others from undertaking it they seemed to have possessed attractions for mr washington and he engaged in it with alacrity october thirty one his mission to the french on the ohio on receiving his commission he left williamsburg and arrived on the fourteenth of november at wills creek then the extreme frontier settlement of the english where guides were engaged to conduct him over the allegheny mountains after surmounting the impediments occasioned by the snow and high waters he reached the mouth of turtle creek where he was informed that the french general was dead and that the greater part of the army had retired into winter quarters pursuing his route he examined the country through which he passed with a military eye and selected the confluence of the monongahela and allegheny rivers the place where fort duquesne was afterwards erected by the french as an advantageous position which it would be advisable to seize and to fortify immediately seventeen fifty four after employing a few days among the indians in that neighbourhood and procuring some of their chiefs to accompany him whose fidelity he took the most judicious means to secure he ascended the allegheny river passing one fort at the mouth of french creek he proceeded up the stream to a second where he was received by monsieur le Fardeur de st pierre the commanding officer on the ohio to whom he delivered the letter of mr dinwiddie and from whom he received an answer with which he returned to williamsburg january sixteen the exertions made by mr washington on this occasion the perseverance with which he surmounted the difficulties of the journey and the judgment displayed in his conduct towards the indians raised him in the public opinion as well as in that of the lieutenant-governor his journal drawn up for the inspection of mr dinwiddie was published and impressed his countrymen with very favourable sentiments of his understanding and fortitude appointed lieutenant-colonel of a regiment of regular troops as the answer from the commandant of the french forces on the ohio indicated no disposition to withdraw from that country it was deemed necessary to make some preparations to maintain the right asserted over it by the british crown and the assembly of virginia authorized the executive to raise a regiment for that purpose to consist of three hundred men the command of this regiment was given to mr fry and major washington was appointed lieutenant-colonel anxious to be engaged in active service he obtained permission about the beginning of april to advance with two companies to the great meadows and the allegheny mountains by this movement he hoped to cover that frontier to make himself more perfectly acquainted with the country to gain some information respecting the situation and designs of the french and to preserve the friendship of the savages soon after his arrival at that place he was visited by some friendly indians who informed him that the french having dispersed a party of workmen employed by the ohio company to erect a fort on the southeastern branch of the ohio were themselves engaged in completing a fortification at the confluence of the allegheny and monongahela rivers a detachment from which place was then on its march towards his camp open hostilities had not yet commenced but the country was considered as invaded 
and several circumstances were related confirming the opinion that this party was approaching with hostile views among others it had withdrawn itself some distance from the path and had encamped for the night in a bottom as if to ensure concealment entertaining no doubt of the unfriendly designs with which these troops were advancing lieutenant-colonel washington resolved to anticipate them surprises monsieur germanville availing himself of the offer made by the indians to serve him as guides he proceeded through a dark and rainy night to the french encampment which he completely surrounded at daybreak his troops fired and rushed upon the party which immediately surrendered one man only escaped capture and monsieur germanville alone the commanding officer was killed while the regiment was on its march to join the detachment advanced in front the command devolved on lieutenant-colonel washington by the death of colonel fry soon after its arrival it was reinforced by two independent companies of regulars after erecting a small stockade at the great meadows colonel washington commenced his march towards fort duquesne with the intention of dislodging the french from that place he had proceeded about thirteen miles when he was met by some friendly indians who informed him that the french and their savage allies as numerous as the pigeons in the woods were advancing rapidly to meet him among those who brought this information was a trusty chief only two days from the fort on the ohio who had observed the arrival of a considerable reinforcement at that place and had heard their intention of marching immediately to attack the english with a corps composed of eight hundred french and four hundred indians this intelligence was corroborated by information previously received from deserters who had reported that a reinforcement was expected the troops commanded by colonel washington were almost destitute of provisions and the ground he occupied was not adapted to military purposes a road at some distance leading through other defiles in the mountains would enable the french to pass into his rear intercept his supplies and starve him into a surrender or fight him with a superiority of three to one june twenty three in this hazardous situation a council of war unanimously advised the retreat to the fort at the great meadows now termed fort necessity where the two roads united and where the face of the country was such as not to permit an enemy to pass unperceived at that place it was intended to remain until reinforcements of men and supplies of provisions should arrive july two capitulation of fort necessity in pursuance of this advice colonel washington returned to fort necessity and began a ditch around the stockade before it was completed the french amounting to about fifteen hundred men commanded by m de villiers appeared before the fort third and immediately commenced a furious attack upon it they were received with great intrepidity by the americans who fought partly within the stockade and partly in the surrounding ditch which was nearly filled with mud and water colonel washington continued the whole day on the outside of the fort encouraging the soldiers by his countenance and example the assailants fought under cover of the trees and high grass with which the country abounds the engagement was continued with great resolution from ten in the morning until dark when m de villiers demanded a parley and offered terms of capitulation fourth the proposals first made were rejected but in the course of the night articles were signed by which the fort was surrendered on condition that its garrison should be allowed the honors of war should be permitted to retain their arms and baggage and be suffered to march without molestation into the inhabited parts of virginia the capitulation being in french a language not understood by any person in the garrison and being drawn up hastily in the night contains an expression which was inaccurately translated at the time and of which advantage has been since taken by the enemies of mr washington to imply an admission on his part that m germanville was assassinated an account of the transaction was published by m de villiers which drew from colonel washington a letter to a friend completely disproving the calumny 
though entirely discredited at the time it was revived at a subsequent period when circumstances well understood at the date of the transaction were supposed to be forgotten the loss of the americans in this affair is not ascertained from a return made on the ninth of july at wills creek it appears that the killed and wounded of the virginia regiment amounted to fifty-eight but the loss sustained by the two independent companies is not stated that of the assailants was supposed to be more considerable great credit was given to colonel washington by his countrymen for the courage displayed on this occasion the legislature evinced its satisfaction with the conduct of the whole party by passing a vote of thanks to him and the officers under his command and by giving three hundred pistoles to be distributed among the soldiers engaged in the action the regiment returned to winchester to be recruited soon after which it was joined by a few companies from north carolina and maryland on the arrival of this reinforcement the lieutenant-governor with the advice of counsel regardless of the condition or number of the forces ordered them immediately to march over the allegheny mountains and to expel the french from fort duquesne or to build one in its vicinity august the little army in virginia which was placed under the command of colonel innes from north carolina did not as now reinforced exceed half the number of the enemy and was neither provided with the means of moving nor with supplies for a winter campaign with as little consideration directions had been given for the immediate completion of the regiment without furnishing a single shilling for the recruiting service although a long peace may account for many errors at the commencement of war some surprise will be felt at such ill-considered and ill-judged measures september colonel washington remonstrated strongly against these orders but prepared to execute them the assembly however having risen without making any provision for the farther prosecution of the war this wild expedition was laid aside and the virginia regiment was reduced to independent companies in the course of the winter orders were received for settling the rank of the officers of his majesty's forces when serving with the provincials in north america these orders directed that all officers commissioned by the king or by his general in north america should take rank of all officers commissioned by the governors of the respective provinces and farther that the general and field officers of the provincial troops should have no rank when serving with the general and field officers commissioned by the crown but that all captains and other inferior officers of the royal troops should take rank over provincial officers of the same grade having senior commissions strong as was his attachment to a military life colonel washington possessed in too eminent a degree the proud and punctilious feelings of a soldier to submit to a degradation so humiliating as was produced by his loss of rank professing his unabated inclination to continue in the service if permitted to do so without a sacrifice too great to be made he retired indignantly from the station assigned him and answered the various letters which he received pressing him still to hold his commission with assurances that he would serve with pleasure when he should be enabled to do so without dishonor his eldest brother had lately died and left him a considerable estate on the potomac this gentleman had served in the expedition against carthagena and in compliment to the admiral who commanded the fleet engaged in that enterprise had named his seat mount vernon to this delightful spot colonel washington withdrew resolving to devote his future attention to the avocations of private life this resolution was not long maintained seventeen fifty five march general braddock being informed of his merit his knowledge of the country which was to be the theatre of action and his motives for retiring from the service gratified his desire to make one campaign under a person supposed to possess some knowledge of war by inviting him to enter his family as a volunteer aide-de-camp is appointed aide-de-camp to general braddock april having determined to accept this invitation he joined the commander-in-chief immediately after his departure from alexandria 
and proceeded with him to will's creek the army consisting of two european regiments and a few corps of provincials was detained at that place until the twelfth of june by the difficulty of procuring wagons horses and provisions colonel washington impatient under these delays suggested the propriety of using pack-horses instead of wagons for conveying the baggage june the commander-in-chief although solicitous to hasten the expedition was so attached to the usages of regular war that this salutary advice was at first rejected but soon after the commencement of the march its propriety became too obvious to be longer neglected fifteenth on the third day after the army had moved from its ground colonel washington was seized with a violent fever which disabled him from riding on horseback and was conveyed in a covered wagon general braddock who found the difficulties of the march greater than had been expected continuing to consult him privately he strenuously urged that officer to leave his heavy artillery and baggage with the rear division of the army and with a chosen body of troops and some pieces of light artillery to press forward with the utmost expedition to fort duquesne in support of this advice he stated that the french were then weak on the ohio but hourly expected reinforcements during the excessive drought which prevailed at that time these could not arrive because the river leboeuf on which their supplies must be brought to the nungo did not then afford a sufficient quantity of water for the purpose a rapid movement therefore might enable him to carry the fort before the arrival of the expected aid but if this measure should not be adopted such were the delays attendant on the march of the whole army that rain sufficient to raise the waters might reasonably be expected and the whole force of the french would probably be collected for their reception a circumstance which would render the success of the expedition doubtful this advice supporting well with the temper of the commander-in-chief it was determined in a council of war held at the little meadows that twelve hundred select men to be commanded by general braddock in person should advance with the utmost expedition against fort duquesne colonel dunbar was to remain with the residue of the two regiments and all the heavy baggage june nineteen although this select corps commenced its march with only thirty carriages including ammunition wagons the hopes which had been entertained of the celerity of its movements were not fulfilled i found said colonel washington in a letter to his brother written during the march that instead of pushing on with vigor without regarding a little rough road they were halting to level every molehill and to erect bridges over every brook by these means they employed four days in reaching the great crossings of the Yahiagany, only nineteen miles from the little meadows colonel washington was obliged to stop at that place the physician having declared that his life would be endangered by continuing with the army he obeyed with reluctance the positive orders of the general to remain at this camp under the protection of a small guard until the arrival of colonel dunbar having first received a promise that means should be used to bring him up with the army before it reached fort duquesne july eighth the day before the action of the monongahela he rejoined the general in a covered wagon and though weak entered on the duties of his station in a short time after the action had commenced colonel washington was the only aide remaining alive and unwounded the whole duty of carrying the orders of the commander-in-chief in an engagement with marksmen who selected officers and especially those on horseback for their objects devolved on him alone under these difficult circumstances he manifested that coolness that self-possession that fearlessness of danger which ever distinguished him and which are so necessary to the character of a consummate soldier two horses were killed under him and four balls passed through his coat but to the astonishment of all he escaped unhurt while every other officer on horseback was either killed or wounded i expected every moment says an eye-witness to see him fall his duty and situation exposed him to every danger nothing but the superintending care of providence could have saved him from the fate of all around him 
defeat and death of that general august at length after an action of nearly three hours general braddock under whom three horses had been killed received a mortal wound and his troops fled in great disorder every effort to rally them was ineffectual until they had crossed the monongahela when being no longer pursued they were again formed the general was brought off in a small tumbrel by colonel washington captain stewart of the guards and his servant the defeated detachment retreated with the utmost precipitation to the rear division of the army soon after which braddock expired in the first moments of alarm all the stores were destroyed except those necessary for immediate use and not long afterwards colonel dunbar marched the remaining european troops to philadelphia in order to place them in what he termed winter quarters colonel washington was greatly disappointed and disgusted by the conduct of the regular troops in this action in his letter to lieutenant-governor dinwiddie giving an account of it he said they were struck with such an inconceivable panic that nothing but confusion and disobedience of orders prevailed among them the officers in general behaved with incomparable bravery for which they greatly suffered there being upwards of sixty killed and wounded a large proportion out of what we have the virginia companies behaved like men and died like soldiers for i believe out of three companies on the ground that day scarce thirty men were left alive captain peroni and all his officers down to a corporal were killed captain polson had also as hard a fate for only one of his escaped in short dastardly behaviour of the regular troops so-called exposed those who were inclined to do their duty to almost certain death and at length in spite of every effort to the contrary they broke and ran as sheep before hounds leaving the artillery ammunition provisions baggage in short everything a prey to the enemy and when we endeavoured to rally them in hopes of regaining the ground and what we had left upon it it was with as little success as if we had attempted to have stopped the wild bears of the mountains or the rivulets with our feet for they would break by in spite of every effort to prevent it wakefield the birthplace of george washington this is from an etching made in idealization of the original house situated on the banks of the potomac thirty-eight miles from fredericksburg in westmoreland county virginia where our first president was born february twenty second seventeen thirty two the original house which was built by washington's father augustine was destroyed by fire more than one hundred and fifty years ago before the declaration of independence was signed august is appointed to the command of a regiment colonel washington had long been the favorite soldier of virginia and his reputation grew with every occasion for exertion his conduct in this battle had been universally extolled and the common opinion of his countrymen was that had his advice been pursued the disaster had been avoided the assembly was in session when intelligence was received of this defeat and of the abandonment of the colony by colonel dunbar the legislature perceiving the necessity of levying troops for the defence of the province determined to raise a regiment to consist of sixteen companies the command of which was offered to colonel washington who was also designated in his commission as the commander-in-chief of all the forces raised and to be raised in the colony of virginia the uncommon privilege of naming his field officers was added to this honourable manifestation of the public confidence retaining still his prepossessions in favour of a military life he cheerfully embraced this opportunity of re-entering the army after making the necessary arrangements for the recruiting service and visiting the posts on the frontiers which he placed in the best state of defence of which they were susceptible he set out for the seat of government where objects of the first importance required his attention but was overtaken below fredericksburg by an express carrying the intelligence that a large number of french and indians divided into several parties had broken up the frontier settlements were murdering and capturing men women and children burning their houses and destroying their crops the troops stationed among them for their protection were unequal to that duty 
and instead of being able to afford aid to the inhabitants were themselves blocked up in their forts extreme distress of the frontiers and exertions of colonel washington to augment the regular forces of the colony colonel washington hastened back to winchester where the utmost confusion and alarm prevailed his efforts to raise the militia were unavailing attentive only to individual security and regardless of the common danger they could not be drawn from their families instead of assembling in arms and obtaining safety by meeting their invaders the inhabitants fled into the lower country and increased the general terror in this state of things he endeavoured to collect and arm the men who had abandoned their houses and to remove their wives and children to a distance from the scene of desolation and carnage pressing orders were at the same time dispatched to the newly appointed officers to forward their recruits and to the county lieutenants east of the blue ridge to hasten their militia to winchester but before these orders could be executed the party which had done so much mischief and excited such alarm had recrossed the allegheny mountains seventeen fifty six april early in the following spring the enemy made another eruption into the inhabited country and did great mischief the number of troops on the regular establishment was totally insufficient for the protection of the frontier and effective service from the militia was found to be unattainable the indians who were divided into small parties concealed themselves with so much dexterity as seldom to be perceived until the blow was struck their murders were frequently committed in the very neighbourhood of the forts and the detachments from the garrisons employed in scouring the country were generally eluded or attacked to advantage in one of these skirmishes the americans were routed and captain mercer was killed the people either abandoned the country or attempted to secure themselves in small stockade forts where they were in great distress for provisions arms and ammunition were often surrounded and sometimes cut off colonel washington was deeply affected by this state of things i see their situation said he in a letter to the lieutenant-governor i know their danger and participate their sufferings without having it in my power to give them farther relief than uncertain promises in short i see inevitable destruction in so clear a light that unless vigorous measures are taken by the assembly and speedy assistance sent from below the poor inhabitants now in forts must unavoidably fall while the remainder are flying before the barbarous foe in fine the melancholy situation of the people the little prospect of assistance the gross and scandalous abuses cast upon the officers in general which is reflecting upon me in particular for suffering misconduct of such extraordinary kind and the distant prospect if any of gaining reputation in the service caused me to lament the hour that gave me a commission and would induce me at any other time than this of imminent danger to resign without one hesitating moment a command from which i never expect to reap either honour or benefit but on the contrary have almost an absolute certainty of incurring displeasure below while the murder of helpless families may be laid to my account here colonel washington had been prevented from taking post at fort cumberland by an unfortunate and extraordinary difficulty growing out of an obscurity in the royal orders respecting the relative rank of officers commissioned by the king and those commissioned by the governor a captain dagworthy who was at that place and of the former description insisted on taking the command although it had been committed to lieutenant-colonel stevens and on the same principle he contested the rank of colonel washington also this circumstance had retained that officer at winchester where public stores to a considerable amount were deposited with only about fifty men to guard them in the deep distress of the moment a council of war was called to determine whether he should march this small body to some of the nearest forts and uniting with their petty garrisons risk in action or wait until the militia could be raised the council unanimously advised a continuance at winchester 
lord fairfax who commanded the militia of that and the adjacent counties had ordered them to his assistance but they were slow in assembling the unremitting exertion of three days in the county of frederick could produce only twenty men the incompetency of the military force to the defence of the country having become obvious the assembly determined to augment the regiment to fifteen hundred men in a letter addressed to the house of burgesses colonel washington urged the necessity of increasing it still farther to two thousand men a less number than which could not possibly in his opinion be sufficient to cover the extensive frontier of virginia should the defensive system be continued in support of this demand he stated in detail the forts which must be garrisoned and observed that with the exception of a few inhabitants in forts on the south branch of the potomac the north mountain near winchester had become the frontier and that without effectual aid the inhabitants would even pass the blue ridge he farther observed that the woods seemed alive with french and indians and again described so feelingly the situation of the inhabitants that the assembly requested the governor to order half the militia of the adjoining counties to their relief and the attorney-general mr peyton randolph formed a company of one hundred gentlemen who engaged to make the campaign as volunteers ten well-trained woodsmen or indians would have rendered more service the distress of the country increased as had been foreseen winchester became almost the only settlement west of the blue ridge on the northern frontier and fears were entertained that the enemy would soon pass even that barrier and ravage the country below express after express was sent to hasten the militia but sent in vain at length about the last of april the french and their savage allies laden with plunder prisoners and scalps returned to fort duquesne some short time after their retreat the militia appeared this temporary increase of strength was employed in searching the country for small parties of indians who lingered behind the main body and in making disposition to repel another invasion a fort was commenced at winchester which in honor of the general who had been appointed to the command of the british troops in america was called fort loudon and the perpetual remonstrances of colonel washington at length effected some improvement in the laws for the government of the troops instead of adopting in the first instance that military code which experience had matured the assembly passed occasional acts to remedy particular evils as they occurred in consequence of which a state of insubordination was protracted and the difficulties of the commanding officer increased slight penalties were at first annexed to serious military offences and when an act was obtained to punish mutiny and desertion with death such crimes as cowardice in action and sleeping on a post were pretermitted it was left impossible to hold a general court-martial without an order from the governor and the commanding officer was not at liberty to make those arrangements in other respects which his own observations suggested but shackled by the control of others who could neither judge so correctly nor be so well informed as himself these errors of a government unused to war though continually remarked by the officer commanding the troops were slowly perceived by those in power and were never entirely corrected successive incursions continued to be made into the country by small predatory parties of french and indians who kept up a perpetual alarm and murdered the defenceless wherever found in pennsylvania the inhabitants were driven as far as carlisle and in maryland fredericktown on the eastern side of the blue ridge became a frontier with the virginia regiment which did not yet amount to one thousand men aided occasionally by militia colonel washington was to defend a frontier of near four hundred miles in extent and to complete a chain of forts he repeatedly urged the necessity and propriety of abandoning fort cumberland which was too far in advance of the settlements and too far north to be useful while it required for its defence a larger portion of his force than could be spared with a proper regard to the safety of other and more advantageous positions the governor however thought the abandonment of it improper since it was a king's fort and lord loudon on being consulted gave the same opinion 
among the subjects of extreme chagrin to the commander of the virginia troops was the practice of desertion the prevalence of this crime was ascribed in a considerable degree to the ill-judged parsimony of the assembly the daily pay of a soldier was only eight pence out of which two pence were stopped for his clothes this pay was inferior to what was received in every other part of the continent and as ought to have been foreseen great discontents were excited by a distinction so invidious the remonstrances of the commanding officer in some degree corrected this mischief and a full suit of regimentals was allowed to each soldier without deducting its price from his pay this campaign furnishes no event which can interest the reader yet the duties of the officer though minute were arduous and the sufferings of the people beyond measure afflicting it adds one to the many proofs which have been afforded of the miseries to be expected by those who defer preparing the means of defence until the moment when they ought to be used and then rely almost entirely on a force neither adequate to the danger nor of equal continuance it is an interesting fact to those who know the present situation of virginia that so late as the year seventeen fifty six the blue ridge was the northwestern frontier and that she found immense difficulty in completing a single regiment to protect the inhabitants from the horrors of the scalping knife and the still greater horrors of being led into captivity by savages who added terrors to death by the manner of inflicting it as soon as the main body of the enemy had withdrawn from the settlements a tour was made by colonel washington to the southwestern frontier there as well as to the north continued incursions had been made and there too the principal defence of the country was entrusted to an ill-regulated militia the fatal consequences of this system are thus stated by him in a letter to the lieutenant-governor the inhabitants are so sensible of their danger if left to the protection of these people that not a man will stay at his place this i have from their own mouths and the principal inhabitants of augusta county the militia are under such bad order and discipline that they will come and go when and where they please without regarding time their offices or the safety of the inhabitants but consulting solely their own inclinations there should be according to your honour's orders one-third of the militia of these parts on duty at a time instead of that scarce one-thirtieth is out they are to be relieved every month and they are a great part of that time marching to and fro from their stations and they will not wait one day longer than the limited time whether relieved or not however urgent the necessity for their continuance may be some instances of this and of gross misbehaviour were then enumerated after which he pressed the necessity of increasing the number of regulars to two thousand men after returning from this tour to winchester he gave the lieutenant-governor in curious detail a statement of the situation in which he found the country urging but urging in vain arguments which will always be suggested by experience against relying chiefly on militia for defence sensible of the impracticability of defending such an extensive frontier colonel washington continued to press the policy of enabling him to act on the offensive the people of virginia he thought could be protected only by entering the country of the enemy giving him employment at home and removing the source of all their calamities by taking possession of fort duquesne as defensive measures he observed in a letter to the lieutenant-governor are evidently insufficient for the security and safety of the country i hope no arguments are necessary to evince the necessity of altering them to a vigorous offensive war in order to remove the cause but in the event that the assembly should still indulge their favourite scheme of protecting the inhabitants by forts along the frontiers he presented the plan which in its execution would require two thousand men these were to be distributed in twenty-two forts extending from the river mayo to the potomac in a line of three hundred and sixty miles in a letter written about the same time to the speaker of the assembly he said the certainty of advantage by an offensive scheme of action renders it beyond any doubt preferable to our defensive measures our scattered force so separated and dispersed in weak parties 
avails little to stop the secret incursions of the savages we can only perhaps put them to flight or frighten them to some other part of the country which answers not the end proposed whereas had we strength enough to invade their lands we should restrain them from coming abroad and leaving their families exposed we should then remove the principal cause and have stronger probability of success we should be free from the many alarms mischiefs and murders that now attend us we should inspirit the hearts of our few indian friends and gain more esteem with them in short could pennsylvania and maryland be induced to join us in an expedition of this nature and to petition his excellency lord loudon for a small train of artillery with some engineers we should then be able in all human probability to subdue the terror of fort duquesne retrieve our character with the indians and restore peace to our unhappy frontiers his total inability to act offensively or even to afford protection to the frontiers of virginia was not the only distressing and vexatious circumstance to which he was exposed the lieutenant-governor to whose commands he was subjected in every minute particular and who seems to have been unequal to the difficulties of his station frequently deranged his system by orders which could not be executed without considerable hazard and inconvenience colonel washington could not always restrain his chagrin on such occasions and on one of them observed in a letter to an intimate friend who possessed great influence in the country whence it arises or why i am truly ignorant but my strongest representations of matters relative to the peace of the frontiers are disregarded as idle and frivolous my propositions and measures as partial and selfish and all my sincerest endeavours for the service of my country perverted to the worst purposes my orders are dark doubtful and uncertain to-day approved to-morrow condemned left to act and proceed at hazard accountable for the consequences and blamed without the benefit of defence if you can think my situation capable of exciting the smallest degree of envy or of affording the least satisfaction the truth is yet hid from you and you entertain notions very different from the reality of the case however i am determined to bear up under all these embarrassments some time longer in the hope of better regulations under lord loudon to whom i look for the future fate of virginia not long after this letter was written lord loudon in whose person the officers of the governor and commander-in-chief were united arrived in virginia a comprehensive statement of the situation of the colony in a military point of view and of the regiment in particular was drawn up and submitted to him by colonel washington in this he enumerated the errors which had prevented the completion of his regiment showed the insufficiency of the militia for any military purpose and demonstrated the superiority of an offensive system over that which had been pursued seventeen fifty seven this statement was probably presented by colonel washington in person who was permitted during the winter to visit lord loudon in philadelphia where that nobleman met the governors of pennsylvania maryland and north carolina and the lieutenant-governor of virginia in order to consult with them on the measures to be taken in their respective provinces for the ensuing campaign he was however disappointed in his favourite hope of being able to act offensively against the french on the ohio lord loudon had determined to direct all his efforts against canada and to leave only twelve hundred men in the middle and southern colonies instead of receiving assistance virginia was required to send four hundred men to south carolina not discouraged by these disappointments colonel washington continued indefatigable in his endeavours to impress on mr dinwiddie and on the assembly the importance of reviving and properly modifying their military code which had now expired of making a more effective militia law and of increasing their number of regular troops may so far from succeeding on the last subject he had the mortification to witness a measure which crushed his hopes of an adequate regular force being unable to complete the regiment by voluntary enlistment the assembly changed its organization and reduced it to ten companies each to consist of one hundred men yet his anxious wishes to continue to be directed towards fort duquesne in a letter written about this time to colonel stanwix 
who commanded in the middle colonies he said you will excuse me sir for saying that i think there never was and perhaps never again will be so favorable an opportunity as the present for reducing fort duquesne several prisoners have made their escape from the ohio this spring and agree in their accounts that there are but three hundred men left in the garrison and i do not conceive that the french are so strong in canada as to reinforce this place and defend themselves at home this campaign surely then this is too precious an opportunity to be lost but mr pitt did not yet direct the councils of britain and a spirit of enterprise and heroism did not yet animate her generals the campaign to the north was inglorious and to the west nothing was even attempted which might relieve the middle colonies october eight large bodies of savages in the service of france once more spread desolation and murder over the whole country west of the blue ridge the regular troops were inadequate to the protection of the inhabitants and the incompetency of the defensive system to their security became every day more apparent i exert every means said colonel washington in a letter to lieutenant-governor dinwiddie to protect a much distressed country but it is a task too arduous to think of defending a frontier of more than three hundred and fifty miles extent as ours is with only seven hundred men is vain and idle especially when that frontier lies more contiguous to the enemy than any other i am and for a long time have been fully convinced that if we continue to pursue a defensive plan the country must be inevitably lost october twenty four in another letter he said the raising a company of rangers or augmenting our strength in some other manner is so far necessary that without it the remaining inhabitants of this once fertile and populous valley will scarcely be detained at their dwellings until the spring and if there is no expedition to the westward then nor a force more considerable than virginia can support posted on our frontiers if we still adhere for the next campaign to our destructive defensive schemes there will not i dare affirm be one soul living on this side the blue ridge the ensuing autumn if we except the troops and garrison and a few inhabitants of this town who may shelter themselves under the protection of this fort this i know to be the immovable determination of all the settlers of this country to the speaker of the assembly he gave the same opinion and added i do not know on whom these miserable undone people are to rely for protection if the assembly ought to give it to them it is time that measures were at least concerting and not when they ought to be going into execution as has always been the case if they are to seek it from the commander-in-chief it is the time their condition was made known to him for i cannot forbear repeating again that while we pursue defensive measures we pursue inevitable ruin august twenty seventh it was impossible for colonel washington zealous in the service of his country and ambitious of military fame to observe the errors committed in the conduct of the war without censuring them these errors were not confined to the military affairs of the colony the cherokee and catawba indians had hitherto remained faithful to the english and it was very desirable to engage the warriors of those tribes heartily in their service but so miserably was the intercourse with them conducted that though a considerable expense was incurred not much assistance was obtained and a great disgust was excited among them the freedom with which the commander-in-chief of the virginia forces censured public measures gave offence to the lieutenant-governor who considered these censures as manifesting a want of respect for himself sometimes he coarsely termed them impertinent and at other times charged him with looseness in his information and inattention to his duty on one of these occasions colonel washington thus concluded a letter of detail nothing remarkable has happened and therefore i have nothing to add i must beg leave however before i conclude to observe in justification of my own conduct that it is with pleasure i receive reproof when reproof is due because no person can be readier to accuse me than i am to acknowledge an error when i have committed it nor more desire of atoning for a crime when i am sensible of being guilty of one but on the other hand it is with concern i remark that my best endeavors lose their reward 
and that my conduct although i have uniformly studied to make it as unexceptionable as i could does not appear to you in a favourable point of light otherwise your honour would not have accused me of loose behaviour and remissness of duty in matters where i think i have rather exceeded than fallen short of it this i think is evidently the case in speaking of indian affairs at all after being instructed in very express terms not to have any concern with or management of indian affairs this has induced me to forbear mentioning the indians in my letters to you your honour of late and to leave the misunderstanding which you speak of between mr aiken and them to be related by him not long after this he received a letter informing him of some coarse calumny reflecting on his veracity and honour which had been reported to the lieutenant-governor he enclosed copy of this letter to mr dinwiddie and thus addressed him i should take it infinitely kind if your honour would please to inform me whether a report of this nature was ever made to you and in that case who was the author of it it is evident from a variety of circumstances and especially from the change in your honour's conduct towards me that some person as well inclined to detract but better skilled in the art of detraction than the author of the above stupid scandal has made free with my character for i cannot suppose that malice so absurd so barefaced so diametrically opposite to truth to common policy and in short to everything but villainy as the above is could impress you with so ill an opinion of my honour and honesty if it be possible that so and so for my belief is staggered not being conscious of having given the least cause to any one much less to that gentleman to reflect so grossly i say if it be possible that so and so could descend so low as to be the propagator of this story he must either be vastly ignorant of the state of affairs in this country at that time or else he must suppose that the whole body of the inhabitants had combined with me in executing the deceitful fraud or why did they almost to a man forsake their dwellings in the greatest terror and confusion and while one half of them sought shelter in paltry forts of their own building the other should flee to the adjacent counties for refuge numbers of them even to carolina from whence they have never returned these are facts well known but not better known than that these wretched people while they lay pent up in forts destitute of the common supports of life having in their precipitate flight forgotten or rather been unable to secure any kind of necessaries did dispatch messengers of their own thinking i had not represented their miseries in the piteous manner they deserved with addresses to your honour and the assembly praying relief and did i ever send any alarming account without sending also the original papers or the copies which gave rise to it that i have foibles and perhaps many of them i shall not deny i should esteem myself as the world also would vain and empty were i to arrogate perfection knowledge in military matters is to be acquired only by practice and experience and if i have erred great allowance should be made for want of them unless my errors should appear to be wilful and then i conceive it would be more generous to charge me with my faults and to let me stand or fall according to evidence than to stigmatize me behind my back it is uncertain in what light my services may have appeared to your honour but this i know and it is the highest consolation i am capable of feeling that no man that ever was employed in a public capacity has endeavoured to discharge the trust disposed in him with greater honesty and more zeal for the country's interests than i have done and if there is any person living who can say with justice that i have offered any intentional wrong to the public i will cheerfully submit to the most ignominious punishment that an injured people ought to inflict on the other hand it is hard to have my character arraigned and my actions condemned without a hearing i must therefore again beg in more plain and in very earnest terms to know if so-and-so has taken the liberty of representing my conduct to your honour with such ungentlemanly freedom as the letter implies your condescension herein will be acknowledged a singular favour in a letter some short time after this to the lieutenant-governor he said i do not know that i ever gave your honour cause to suspect me of ingratitude a crime i detest and would most carefully avoid 
if an open disinterested behaviour carries offence i may have offended for i have all along laid it down as a maxim to represent facts freely and impartially but not more so to others than to you sir if instances of my ungrateful behaviour have been particularised i would have answered them but i have been long convinced that my actions and their motives have been maliciously aggravated a request that he might be permitted to come to williamsburg for the settlement of some accounts which he was desirous of adjusting under the inspection of the lieutenant-governor who proposed to leave the province in the following november was refused in abrupt and disobliging terms in answer to the letter containing the refusal colonel washington after stating the immovable disposition of the inhabitants to leave the country unless more sufficiently protected added to give a more succinct account of their affairs than i could in writing was the principal among many other reasons that induced me to ask leave to come down it was not to enjoy a party of pleasure that i asked leave of absence i have indulged with few of those winter or summer mr dinwiddie soon afterwards took leave of virginia and the government devolved to mr blair the president of the council between him and the commander of the colonial troops the utmost cordiality existed general forbes undertakes the expedition against fort duquesne after the close of this campaign lord loudon returned to england and general abercrombie succeeded to the command of the army the department of the middle and southern provinces was committed to general forbes who to the inexpressible gratification of colonel washington determined to undertake an expedition against fort duquesne seventeen fifty eight he urged an early campaign but he urged it ineffectually and before the troops were assembled a large body of french and indians broke into the country and renewed the horrors of the tomahawk and scalping knife the county of augusta was ravaged and about sixty persons were murdered the attempts made to intercept these savages were unsuccessful and they recrossed the allegheny with their plunder prisoners and scalps may twenty four at length orders were given to assemble the regiment at winchester and be in readiness to march in fifteen days on receiving them colonel washington called in his recruiting parties but so inattentive had the government been to his representations that previous to marching his regiment he was under the necessity of repairing to williamsburg personally to enforce his solicitations for arms ammunition money and clothing that these preparations for an expedition vitally interesting to virginia should remain to be made after the season for action had commenced does not furnish stronger evidence of the difficulties encountered by the chief of the military department than is given by another circumstance of about the same date he was under the necessity of pointing out and urging the propriety of allowing to his regiment which had performed much severe service the same pay which had been granted to a second regiment voted the preceding session of assembly to serve for a single year among other motives for an early campaign colonel washington had urged the impracticability of detaining the indians his fears were well founded before a junction of the troops had been made these savages became impatient to return to their homes and finding that the expedition would yet be delayed a considerable time they left the army with promises to rejoin it at the proper season june twenty four in pursuance of the orders which had been received the virginia troops moved in detachments from winchester to fort cumberland where they assembled early in july after which they were employed in opening a road to raystown where colonel bouquet was stationed as the english were continually harassed by small parties of french and indians the general had contemplated advancing a strong detachment over the allegheny mountains for the purpose of giving them employment at home by the advice of colonel washington his plan was relinquished in support of his opinion he stated the probability that a large force was collected at fort duquesne and the impracticability of moving a strong detachment without such a quantity of provisions as would expose it to the danger of being discovered and cut to pieces he advised to harass them with small parties principally of indians and this advice was pursued july colonel washington had expected that the army would march by braddock's road 
but late in july he had the mortification to receive a letter from colonel bouquet asking an interview with him in order to consult on opening a new road from raystown and requesting his opinion on that route i shall says he in answer to this letter most cheerfully work on any road pursue any route or enter upon any service that the general or yourself may think me usefully employed in or qualified for and shall never have a will of my own when a duty is required of me but since you desire me to speak my sentiments freely permit me to observe that after having conversed with all the guides and having been informed by others acquainted with the country i am convinced that a road to be compared with general braddock's or indeed that will be fit for transportation even by pack-horses cannot be made i own i have no predilection for the route you have in contemplation for me a few days after writing this letter he had an interview with colonel bouquet whom he found decided in favour of opening the new road after their separation colonel washington with his permission addressed to him a letter to be laid before general forbes then indisposed at carlisle in which he stated his reasons against this measure he concluded his arguments against the new road arguments which appeared to be unanswerable by declaring his fears that should the attempt be made they would be able to do nothing more than fortify some post on the other side of the allegheny and prepare for another campaign this he prayed heaven to avert he was equally opposed to a scheme which had been suggested of marching by the two different routes and recommended an order of march by braddock's road which would bring the whole army before fort duquesne in thirty-four days with a supply of provisions for eighty-six days august two in a letter of the same date addressed to major halkett aide of general forbes colonel washington thus expressed his forebodings of the mischiefs to be apprehended from the adoption of the proposed route i am just returned from a conference held with colonel bouquet i find him fixed i think i may say unalterably fixed to lead you a new way to the ohio through a road every inch of which is to be cut at this advanced season when we have scarcely time left to tread the beaten track universally confessed to be the best passage through the mountains if colonel bouquet succeeds in this point with the general all is lost all is lost indeed our enterprise is ruined and we shall be stopped at the laurel hill this winter but not to gather laurels except of the kind which cover the mountains the southern indians will turn against us and these colonies will be desolated by such an accession to the enemy's strength these must be the consequences of a miscarriage and a miscarriage the almost necessary consequence of an attempt to march the army by this route colonel washington's remonstrances and arguments were unavailing and the new route was adopted his extreme chagrin at this measure and at the delays resulting from it was expressed in anxious letters to mr farquhar then governor of virginia and to the speaker of the house of burgesses september two in a letter to the speaker written while at fort cumberland he said we are still encamped here very sickly and dispirited at the prospect before us that appearance of glory which we once had in view that hope that laudable ambition of serving our country and meriting its applause are now no more all is dwindled into ease sloth and fatal inactivity in a word all is lost if the ways of men in power like certain ways of providence are not inscrutable but we who view the action of great men at a distance can only form conjectures agreeably to a limited perception and being ignorant of the comprehensive schemes which may be in contemplation might mistake egregiously in judging of things from appearances or by the lump yet every fool will have his notions will prattle and talk away and why not i we seem then in my opinion to act under the guidance of an evil genius the conduct of our leaders if not actuated by superior orders is tempered with something i do not care to give a name to nothing now but a miracle can bring this campaign to a happy issue he then recapitulated the arguments he had urged against attempting a new road and added but i spoke unavailingly 
the road was immediately begun and since then from one to two thousand men have constantly wrought on it by the last accounts i have received they had cut it to the foot of the laurel hill about thirty-five miles and i suppose by this time fifteen hundred men have taken post about ten miles further at a place called loyal hannah where our next fort is to be constructed we have certain intelligence that the french strength at fort duquesne did not exceed eight hundred men the thirteenth ultimo including about three or four hundred indians see how our time has been misspent behold how the golden opportunity is lost perhaps never to be regained how is it to be accounted for can general forbes have orders for this impossible will then our injured country pass by such abuses i hope not rather let a full representation of the matter go to his majesty let him know how grossly his glory and interests and the public money have been prostituted september twenty two defeat of major grant colonel washington was soon afterwards ordered to raise town major grant had been previously detached from the advance post at loyal hannah with a select corps of eight hundred men to reconnoitre the country about fort duquesne in the night he reached a hill near the fort and sent forward a party for the purpose of discovery they burnt a log-house and returned next morning major grant detached major lewis of colonel washington's regiment with a baggage-guard two miles into his rear and sent an engineer with a covering party within full view of the fort to take a plan of the works in the meantime he ordered the reveille to be beaten in different places an action soon commenced on which major lewis leaving captain bullet with about fifty virginians to guard the baggage advanced with the utmost celerity to support major grant the english were defeated with considerable loss and both major grant and major lewis were taken prisoners in this action the virginians evidenced the spirit with which they had been trained out of eight officers five were killed a sixth wounded and a seventh taken prisoner captain bullet who defended the baggage with great resolution and contributed to save the remnant of the detachment was the only officer who escaped unhurt of one hundred and sixty-two men sixty-two were killed on the spot and two wounded this conduct reflected high honor on the commanding officer of the regiment as well as on the troops and he received on the occasion the compliments of the general the total loss was two hundred and seventy-three killed and forty-two wounded october eighth it was at length determined that the main body of the army should move from raystown and the general called on the colonels of regiments to submit severally to his consideration a plan for his march that proposed by colonel washington has been preserved and appears to have been judiciously formed they reached the camp at loyal hannah through a road indescribably bad about the fifth of november where as had been predicted a council of war determined that it was unadvisable to proceed farther this campaign it would have been almost impossible to winter an army in that position they must have retreated from the cold inhospitable wilderness into which they had penetrated or have suffered immensely perhaps have perished fortunately some prisoners were taken who informed them of the extreme distress of the fort deriving no support from canada the garrison was weak in great want of provisions and had been deserted by the indians these encouraging circumstances changed the resolution which had been taken and determined the general to prosecute the expedition fort duquesne evacuated by the french and taken possession by the english november twenty five colonel washington was advanced in front and with immense labor opened a way for the main body of the army the troops moved forward with slow and painful steps until they reached fort duquesne of which they took peaceable possession the garrison having on the preceding night after evacuating and setting it on fire proceeded down the ohio in boats to other causes than the vigor of the officer who conducted this enterprise the capture of this important place is to be ascribed the naval armaments of britain had intercepted the reinforcements designed by france for her colonies and the pressure on canada was such as to disable the governor of that province from detaching troops to fort duquesne without the aid of these causes the extraordinary and accountable delays of the campaign must have defeated its object 
the works were repaired and the new fort received the name of the great minister who with unparalleled vigor and talents then governed the nation after furnishing two hundred men from his regiment as a garrison for fort pitt colonel washington marched back to winchester whence he soon afterwards proceeded to williamsburg to take his seat in the general assembly of which he had been elected a member by the county of frederick while at fort cumberland a cessation of indian hostility being the consequence of expelling the french from the ohio virginia was relieved from the dangers with which she had been threatened and the object for which alone he had continued in the service after perceiving that he should not be placed on the permanent establishment was accomplished his health was much impaired and his domestic affairs required his attention resignation and marriage of colonel washington impelled by these and other motives of a private nature he determined to withdraw from a service which he might now quit without dishonor and about the close of the year resigned his commission as colonel of the first virginia regiment and commander-in-chief of all the troops raised in the colony the washington family burial ground wakefield westmoreland county virginia here rest the mortal remains of george washington's great-grandfather colonel john washington who came to virginia in sixteen fifty eight and was buried here in sixteen seventy seven of his grandfather lawrence washington buried in sixteen ninety seven of his grandmother jane butler in seventeen twenty nine of his father augustine washington in seventeen forty three and other members of the washington family the officers whom he had commanded were greatly attached to him they manifested their esteem and their regret at parting by a very affectionate address expressive of the high opinion they entertained both of his military and private character this opinion was not confined to the officers of his regiment it was common to virginia and had been adopted by the british officers with whom he served the duties he performed though not splendid were arduous and were executed with zeal and with judgment the exact discipline he established in his regiment when the temper of virginia was extremely hostile to discipline does credit to his military character and the gallantry the troops displayed whenever called into action manifests the spirit infused into them by their commander the difficulties of his situation while unable to cover the frontier from the french and indians who were spreading death and desolation in every quarter were incalculably great and no better evidence of his exertions under these distressing circumstances can be given than the undiminished confidence still placed in him by those whom he was unable to protect the efforts to which he incessantly stimulated his country for the purpose of obtaining possession of the ohio the system for the conduct of the war which he continually recommended the vigorous and active measures always urged upon those by whom he was commanded manifest an ardent and enterprising mind tempered by judgment and quickly improved by experience not long after his resignation he was married to mrs curtis a young lady to whom he had been for some time attached and who to a large fortune and fine person added those amiable accomplishments which ensure domestic happiness and fill with silent but unceasing felicity the quiet scenes of private life End of chapter one